0: This is a Librivox recording. All Librivox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit Librivox.org. Recorded by Kirk Thomas, Atlanta, Georgia, november two thousand six. The Junior Classics Volume one by William Patton Chapter fifty five Hoke Lee and the Dwarfs Retold by Andrew Lang. There once lived in a small town in China a man named Hok Lee. He was a steady, industrious man, who not only worked hard at his trade, but did all his own housework as well, for he had no wife to do it for him. "'What an excellent, industrious man is this Hok Lee!' said his neighbors. How hard he works! He never leaves his house to amuse himself, or to take a holiday as others do. But Hok Lee was by no means the virtuous person his neighbors thought him. True, he worked hard enough by day, but at night, when all respectable folk were fast asleep, he used to steal out and join a dangerous band of robbers, who broke into rich people's houses and carried off all they could lay hands on. This state of things went on for some time, and though a thief was caught now and then and punished, no suspicion ever fell on Hoke Lee. He was such a very respectable, hard-working man. Hoke Lee had already amassed a good store of money as his share of the proceeds of these robberies, when it happened one morning, on going to market, that a neighbor said to him, "'Why, Hoke Lee, what is the matter with your face? One side of it is all swelled up.' True enough, Hoke Lee's right cheek, was twice the size of his left, and it soon began to feel very uncomfortable. "'I will bind up my face,' said Hoke Lee. "'Doubtless the warmth will cure the swelling. But no such thing. Next day it was worse, and day by day it grew bigger and bigger till it was nearly as large as his head and became very painful.' Hoke Lee was at his wit's end what to do. Not only was his cheek unsightly and painful, but his neighbors began to jeer and make fun of him, which hurt his feelings very much indeed. One day, as luck would have it, a traveling doctor came to town. He sold not only all kinds of medicine, but also dealt in many strange charms against witches and evil spirits. Hoke Lee determined to consult him, and asked him into his house. After the doctor had examined him carefully, he spoke thus. "'This, Hok Lee, is no ordinary swelled face. I strongly suspect you have been doing some wrong deed, which has called down the anger of the spirits on you. None of my drugs will avail to cure you, but if you are willing to pay me handsomely, I can tell you how you may be cured.' Then Hok Lee and the doctor began to bargain together and it was a long time before they could come to terms however the doctor got the better of it in the end for he was determined not to part with his secret under a certain price and hoke lee had no mind to carry his huge cheek about with him to the end of his days so he was obliged to part with the greater portion of his ill-gotten gains when the doctor had pocketed the money He told Hoke Lee to go on the first night of the full moon to a certain wood, and there to watch by a particular tree. After a time he would see the dwarfs and little sprites who live underground come out to dance. When they saw him they would be sure to make him dance, too. "'And mind you dance your very best,' added the doctor. If you dance well and please them They will grant you a petition, and you can then beg to be cured. But if you dance badly, they will most likely do you some mischief out of spite." With that he took leave and departed. Happily the first night of the full moon was near, and at the proper time Hoke Lee set out for the wood. With a little trouble he found the tree the doctor had described, and, feeling nervous, he climbed up into it. He had hardly settled himself on a branch when he saw the little dwarfs assembling in the moonlight. They came from all sides, till at length there appeared to be hundreds of them. They seemed in high glee, and danced and skipped and capered about, while Hoke Lee grew so eager watching them that he crept farther and farther along his branch, till at length it gave a loud crack. All the dwarfs stood still and Hoke Lee felt as if his heart stood still also. Then one of the dwarfs called out, "'Someone is up in that tree. Come down at once, whoever you are, or we must come and fetch you.' In great terror Hoke Lee proceeded to come down, but he was so nervous that he tripped near the ground and came rolling down in the most absurd manner. When he had picked himself up, he came forward with a low bow, and the dwarf who had first spoken, and who appeared to be the leader, said, Now then, who art thou, and what brings thee here? So Hok Lee told him the sad story of his swelled cheek, and how he had been advised to come to the forest and beg the dwarfs to cure him. It is well, replied the dwarf. We will see about that. FIRST, HOWEVER, THOU MUST DANCE BEFORE US. SHOULD THY DANCING PLEASE US, PERHAPS WE MAY BE ABLE TO DO SOMETHING. BUT SHOULDEST THOU DANCE BADLY, WE SHALL ASSUREDLY PUNISH THEE. SO NOW TAKE WARNING, AND DANCE AWAY. WITH THAT, HE AND ALL THE OTHER DWARFS SAT DOWN IN A LARGE RING, LEAVING HOKE LEE TO DANCE ALONE IN THE MIDDLE. HE FELT HALF-FRIGHTENED TO DEATH and besides was a good deal shaken by his fall from the tree, did not feel at all inclined to dance. But the dwarfs were not to be trifled with. "'Begin!' cried their leader. "'And begin!' shouted the rest in chorus. So in despair Hoke Lee began. First he hopped on one foot, and then on the other. But he was so stiff and so nervous that he made but a poor attempt and after a time sank down on the ground and vowed he could dance no more. The dwarfs were very angry. They crowded around Hoke Lee and abused him. "'Thou to come here to be cured indeed!' they cried. "'Thou hast brought one big cheek with thee, but thou shalt take away two.' And with that they ran off and disappeared, leaving Hoke Lee to find his way home as best he might. He hobbled away, weary and depressed, and not a little anxious on account of the dwarf's threat. Nor were his fears unfounded, for when he rose the next morning his left cheek was swelled up as big as his right, and he could hardly see out of his eyes. Hokley felt in despair, and his neighbors jeered at him more than ever. The doctor, too, had disappeared, so there was nothing for it but to try the dwarf's once more. He waited a month till the first night of the full moon came round again, and then he trudged back to the forest and sat down under the tree from which he had fallen. He had not long to wait. Ere long the dwarfs came trooping out till all were assembled. "'I don't feel quite easy,' said one. "'I feel as if some horrid human being were near us.' When Hoke Lee heard this, he came forward and bent down to the ground before the dwarfs, who came crowding round and laughed heartily at his comical appearance with his two big cheeks. What dost thou want? they asked, and Hoke Lee proceeded to tell them of his fresh misfortunes, and begged so hard to be allowed one more trial at dancing that the dwarfs consented, for there is nothing they love so much as being amused. Now Hok Lee knew how much depended on his dancing well, so he plucked up a good spirit and began, first quite slowly and faster by degrees, and he danced so well and gracefully and made such new and wonderful steps that the dwarfs were quite delighted with him. They clapped their tiny hands and shouted, "'Well done, Hokley, well done! Go on, dance more, for we are pleased!' And Hok danced on and on, till he really could dance no more and was obliged to stop. Then the leader of the dwarfs said, "'We are well pleased, Hok Lee, and as a recompense for thy dancing thy face shall be cured. Farewell.' With these words he and the other dwarfs vanished, and Hok putting his hands to his face, found to his great joy that his cheeks were reduced to their natural size. The way home seemed short and easy to him, and he went to bed happy and resolved never to go out robbing again. Next day the whole town was full of the news of Hoke's sudden cure. His neighbors questioned him, but could get nothing from him except the fact that he had discovered a wonderful cure for all kinds of diseases. After a time a rich neighbor, who had been ill for some years came and offered to give Hoak Lee a large sum of money if he would tell him how he might get cured. Hoak Lee consented, on condition that he swore to keep the secret. He did so, and Hoak Lee told him of the dwarfs and their dances. The neighbor went off, carefully obeyed Hoke Lee's directions, and was duly cured by the dwarfs. Then another and another came to Hoak Lee to beg his secret and from each he extracted a vow of secrecy and a large sum of money. This went on for some years, so that at length Hoke Lee became a very wealthy man and ended his days in peace and prosperity. End of chapter 55 This recording is in the public domain.